the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. It is the Nick D Podcast. How you doing? I'm Nick DeGilio. I am your host. Welcome to episode number 187 of the Nick D Podcast here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Coming up, my good friend Dan Feinberg is going to join us. Been a while. We've had some interruptions, uh, uh, and he hasn't been on in his regular time. We'll get back into the regular swing of things where every other week we'll talk TV with Dan. He is uh, at uh, The Hollywood Reporter as a TV critic and a TV writer, and you can check out all of his stuff at The Fine Print, F-I-E-N, because that's how he spells his name, Feinberg. The Fine Print, F-I-E-N, the best TV critic in the world. We're going to talk about the top 50 shows of the 21st century so far, an article that he put together with two other uh, writers as well and we'll catch up on some of the other new shows and some of the recommendations and all that cool stuff so dan feinberg tv talk always always great and then of course the lovely esmeralda leon is going to join us uh esmeralda and i um are going to be talking about some halloween stuff because you know we are exactly one week away from halloween so we got some halloween things we're going to talk about and more uh and uh, always great to talk to esmeralda so that's what's coming up on the show uh and again as i uh, as i always suggest hey you want to be a sponsor on this show i gotta tell you something lots and lots of people listen to this podcast and it would be good for you if you wanted to advertise with us uh so be a sponsor advertise with us you got a product get it on here man it would be beneficial for everybody involved so be a sponsor you can reach a lot of people contact us sales at radiomisfits.com do that right now be a sponsor advertise with us sales at radiomisfits.com you just want to be a part of the podcast we have a voicemail system that's up and running and just for you. It's ready 24 hours a day. You can call anytime you want, anywhere you want, leave any message you want. That voicemail system is for you. I listen to every message that comes in. I play a lot of them back on the podcast as well. So leave us a voicemail message anytime you want. 773-417-6948. Leave those voicemail messages. Or you want to email us with your contributions, your questions for any of our regular guests, or anything you want to say nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the sounds and all the cool themes. And, of course, Ed does everything else here at radiomisfits.com. And you should check out our uh, 24-hour streaming service. It's like radio, only much cooler. It's a 24-hour streaming service. You can find it at radiomisfits.live. You can hear unheard music from bands that are unsigned. There's the unheard radio, uh, unheard music show that you can hear at Radio Misfits. And that music is played all day, 24 hours long. And in between all that music, you have great episodes of the great and varied and many numerous incredible podcasts that are part of the Radio Misfits Network, and I am part of that. You can hear this podcast daily at 3 p.m. That's the Nick D podcast. And you can hear my other podcast, the Saturday Night Live podcast that I do. Uh, that show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. You can hear that daily at 9 a.m., and all of this is 24-7. It's free. It's awesome. It's like radio, only cooler. Keep and talk radio alive right here in the form of podcasts, in the form of streaming, radiomisfits.live. It's the place to be. And radiomisfits.com is the place to be if you want great podcasts. That's why you should be a sponsor on this podcast, sales at radiomisfits.com. So that's all uh, coming up. Halloween is one week from today. 
I love Halloween, man. It's my favorite time of year. You get to watch a lot of scary movies. I've been going to the Music Box Theater here in Chicago. They've been doing a, a month-long tribute to horror movies, and every night of the week they show a horror movie, and I've been going. Um, and, you know, all the TV channels like AMC and uh, the Movies Channel uh, and all these other great channels, they're showing horror movies every night. Um, and it gets more popular every year. Like, people really have started to embrace horror movies and scary stuff and ghosts and goblins and all kinds of stuff. Halloween has become, like, it's become really cool. Over the past, like, 20, 25 years, every year it grows in popularity and people go nuts. And I love it. I love it. I hate, you know, the Christmas element of that because as soon as this is over, now, you know, as soon as Halloween ends, it's nothing but fucking Christmas until January. And then it's, you know. Uh, but... Enjoy it while you can. As a, as a person who grew up watching horror movies and loving them and, you know, watching horror movies since, like, as far back as I can remember, um, this time of year is my favorite. I also love the weather. I'm a, I love this kind of, I love the fall weather, the kind of weather we're supposed to have in the fall, you know, where it's like 50 degrees and, the, you know, you can wear a sweater, sweater weather. I love that. Uh, it's my favorite time of year. So lots of scary stuff uh, happening. Uh, you know, the pumpkin carving. Carved a pumpkin for the first time in many years. Just this past weekend. I've not carved a pumpkin. I can't remember the last time I carved a pumpkin, but uh, did some pumpkin carving. Turned out pretty cool. That was fun. So enjoy the, uh, enjoy the Halloween antics. We got another week worth of it. And here on the podcast, we've got the spooktacular coming up. Um, in fact, um, a, a week from uh, today, which would be on Halloween, uh, the episode that we'll be dropping will be my special guest will be Josh Robert Thompson. Josh Robert Thompson, incredible comedian, incredible voice artist, incredible writer, unbelievably funny guy, and also a genius comedian uh, and, and voice worker who is also the guy who is responsible for uh, Jeffrey Peterson, the gay robot sidekick, um, skeleton robot sidekick for Craig Ferguson's show, The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Uh, he spent years on that show being Jeff Peterson, and uh, I've known I've known uh, Josh Robert Thompson for a long time. And aside from being Jeffrey Peterson from the Craig Ferguson show and being an amazing voice talent and an amazing comedian, he is a huge horror fan, like a massive horror movie fan. He loves all things scary. He loves all things horror. He is a collector of horror movies, of horror, uh, uh, you know, merchandise. Um, of all kinds of really cool stuff. He's got books and magazines and models and statues and posters and all kinds of great... He decorates his house in L.A. like a maniac. Like his house, it's like a, it's like a giant, crazy, haunted house. Um, so he uh, loves Halloween. He's also unbelievably funny and hilarious, and he's been on this podcast a few times. And he's a great dude and a funny guy, and he's Jeffrey Peterson from The Late Late Show. He's got amazing stories. But we are going to concentrate solely, as part of the spooktacular, a week from today... On, uh, on episode 189, it will be the Josh Robert Thompson Halloween Spooktacular featuring Jeffrey Peterson from the, uh, from the, from the, uh, from the fantastic uh, Late Late Show with, with uh, Craig Ferguson. But yeah, so my special guest next week for special Halloween Spooktacular edition talking horror movies and all things horror, the great Josh Robert Thompson is going to be my guest. Very, very Hi, excited. I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do. She loves Josh Robert Hi, Thompson, I'm too. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and yeah. I love Nick's All show. right. I understand that. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, Josh Robert Thompson coming up uh, for the Spooktacular uh, on uh, episode 189, uh, the, the episode after next. That's coming up. Uh, Dan Feinberg is my guest right after I, uh, I, uh, uh, we, we take a break here. Uh, Dan Feinberg, we're talking TV and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, but right now, i got to tell you something about something really cool, and you should actually get out there and get this as soon as possible because it rules. And here 
you go. Hey there. Are you tired of that same old, the same old stories? Well, buckle up because Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Yeah, that's right. Brian Alaspa's Devoured is about to take you on a wild ride. St. Louis is teetering on the edge with riots, unrest, and the mayor's downright stubborn insistence that the 4th of July must go on. But don't tell that to public safety manager Logan Field. He's got problems bigger than the most overcooked barbecue. With a deadly attack, a missing boy, and mysterious events that make your Aunt Sally's ghost stories look like a fairy tale, something sinister is brewing in the city. Logan's at his wit's end. The only help he can find is a struggling hunter and a professor who's a whiz with ancient evils. It sounds like the start of a bad joke, right? But there's nothing funny about what's awakening in St. Louis. So join the race against time as this unlikely trio faces down an evil as old as time itself. Think your commute's tough? Try saving a city from being, you guessed it, devoured. Brian Alaspa's Devoured will have you laughing and gasping and frantically flipping pages. So grab some popcorn, turn down those lights, and dive into a world where saving the city just might be the craziest 4th of July ever, and trust us, it's more exciting than a sparkler, and the only thing that might get burned is the midnight oil as you read till dawn. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Thrilling, chilling, and the perfect way to spice up your summer. It's available now in paperback for Kindle exclusively through Amazon.com. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jagoff. Somewhere else, Dan Feinberg. Yes. And again, as we always say, that somewhere else is L.A. Uh, Dan Feinberg is a TV critic and writer for The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, You can read all his stuff in The Hollywood Reporter, and you can also check out his website, The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. Check out thefineprint.com. Um, and uh, we got a lot to catch up on. Uh, hello, Dan. It's been a long time, Nick. It has. Yeah, a little. Uh, we had a, a, a slight, a crazy little emergency thing that happened uh, uh, that interrupted um, and caused us to miss an episode of this pod, uh, the entire podcast. And then we also missed an episode because of Yom Kippur. That's and then right. there was the there was the always strange first Tuesday of yes. every month. Thing. So I, yeah, we're because I do the for the people episode, which falls on the first Tuesday, and so we it's been a while. How are it you, has. sir? I'm I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm good. I'm glad that we're back into a normal, you know, whatever normal is in this situation. But we're I was going to say, a, don't don't even say the words. Let's just knock on wood and hope that things exactly. are normal. Lots of stuff to catch up on. We've been behind, as we mentioned, and uh, uh, lots of shows to talk about, and articles that you've written, and reviews that you've written. Um, but one of the things that we were going to lead with the last time that we were scheduled uh, to to do this, and uh, and again uh, didn't end up doing it, was that you and two of your colleagues is that correct? Two of that your is correct. Angie Hahn and Robin Barr from the Hollywood Reporter decided that you were going to pick the 
50 best TV shows of the 21st century so far. That's not, that's a pretty easy task, right? Uh, you know, basically there are like 60 shows, so we just had to decide 10 shows to leave <laughs> off, and otherwise right. we were done. Right. <laughs> right. Now, so 21st century so far, what time frame are we talking? Sometimes that gets a little bit, I know, people get, I guess, confused by what 21st century means <laughs> and when a decade starts and when a decade doesn't start and all that stuff. So what, what, what technically are the, is the time frame that we're talking about here? Technically, the parameters that we are talking about here is any episode of a show that aired between January 1st, 2000 and when we finished the list is eligible. So okay. uh, that doesn't mean that the show had to have premiered in the 21st century. So lots of shows that ran partially last century and partially this century, basically what we had to do is we had to judge them on what aired during this period rather than the entire series as a whole. So Got it. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, look what it's all, it's it's all arbitrary. And, and here is. we are in 2023 doing a, a best shows of slightly under a quarter of the century. But, you know, you look, you, you, you amuse yourselves by making lists or That's we exactly amuse ourselves right. by making that, lists. No, absolutely. We amuse ourselves by making lists. And also it's a great conversation starter. And then you talk about TV shows that maybe you haven't talked about in a while. Um, and then you sometimes you look at the lists and you get angry. And, uh, you know, and that happens. Um, uh, there was there has definitely been plenty of anger directed at us, but plenty of happiness. So that's, well, what, you know, give me give me a f give me some of the some of the some of the uh, uh, stories about feedback you've been getting. What what is the, I mean, it's been a while now. It's this this uh, posted at uh, the beginning of the month, so we've got about three weeks worth of feedback. What has that been like? There there has been varying degrees of incredulity and people who who don't know us at all. There's been some ah, blah 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 it's clickbait blah blah and you know i get yeah. uh, that that's the thing that gets me pissed off because i know <laughs> i know that we put tens and tens and tens of hours into the actual genesis and writing of this list to say nothing of the watching of the tv for this list so i assure anyone who thinks this list was clickbait that there are easier ways of getting clicks yeah. than this. This was yeah. a tremendous amount of work. So even if people don't agree, I would like to hope that people would be interested in the process and in, in our thoughts on these things. But then just lots of granular stuff because a lot of the stuff we left out is stuff that people feel a tremendous amount of affection for. And of course they do because people love TV and it's, mm -hmm. it is absolutely a universalized process. It isn't like, uh, it isn't really like if you make a best films of the 21st century list and, you know, it'll have obscure films from Romania or whatever, and your average moviegoer will be like, I can't believe you didn't include Black Panther. This is this is stuff that just about everyone has accessible to them at all times, and so they have feelings, and so... Lots of lots of stuff. Lots, you know, some some stuff that didn't make the list at all that people were unhappy about. So an example would be uh, the West Wing, which many people felt should have been, you know, it's Whoa. it's lots of people's favorite shows of all time. So yeah. Yeah. I, I hear I hear from your tone of voice that you are also particularly pissed off that we did not include the West Wing. Uh, well, you heard you misinterpreted that tone completely. <laughs> huh, okay, God, no, I, I'm, I'm, not, really... I'm not a West. I am I am as far from a West Wing fan as you can possibly get and so. the and the argument that i've given anyone who said that is that first of all 
Um, probably my favorite season of West Wing is the first, and that was the season that aired in 1999. So that one is out of the equation, and you have yeah. to judge it on everything after. You take it everything after, and then you're dealing with half of the run, which is Sorkin, and half of the run, which is John Wells, but half of the run also that was Sorkin backing the show into a corner with lots of stupid plot developments that Wells had to kind of dig himself out of. So it's just a lot of inconsistency. So yeah. that's the argument. Um, I'd use almost the exact same argument for uh, for Lost, which is a show that at its absolute oh, peak... Oh, Lost didn't make it. Oh, I didn't even... I, 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 nope. didn't even, I, I, I looked through the list. I forgot Lost didn't make it. Okay. Lost I'm did not make again, it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> and, and, and again, these are things where I can easily understand both A, the passion for the show in the first place, but also the, the, the arguments for why it belongs there. Like in terms of pure influence, sure. of course it belongs. No sure. question. Yep. If you take the show on its first two or three seasons um you know i for example think that the pilot is as good as any pilot that's ever been made for broadcast tv i I think that there are just these great stretches of the show that are fantastic i think however that you also have to look at the fact there are whole seasons that are messes and i'm not even a person who hates the final season and hates the finale i just think there's a lot of the show that was a mess and so if you want to tell me it's your favorite show of all time not you but a hypothetical you i am completely down with that i'm just giving what the explanation is which is that we favored to some degree um, not necessarily consistency, but a lack of wild deviation in quality. So that's why Lost didn't make it. That's okay. why whatever didn't make it. A show like Arrested Development. You take the first three seasons of Arrested Development, the Fox seasons. Yeah. To me, that's uh, that's fantastic TV. To me, those first three seasons would have been <clears throat> probably top... 15 or 20 on this yeah. list without any question. But then they went and made two seasons for Netflix that were absolutely horrible, yep. just atrocious. So you take something like that versus a show like Friday Night Lights, which had one extremely bad season. The question is, how many extremely bad seasons do you get to have and still make I a see. list like this? The answer can be one in the case of Friday Night Lights. The answer cannot necessarily be two in the case of Arrested Development. So there's been a lot of stuff like that. And yeah. then and then certain specific shows that are just kind of um, obviously lightning rod type shows. So a lot of people unhappy at how high Girls was. Mm-hmm. That's fine whatever yeah i'm one of those people but that's okay (laughs) that's fine and a lot of people upset or angry at the fact that uh that breaking bad was only 16 there was a lot of there was a lot of specifically directed anger that we would have the temerity to say that girls was better than breaking bad uh but to me at that point if you're in the top 20 those are all shows that i love um love period capital L, capital O, capital V, capital E. And so it's gradations. It's figuring out what felt right. And that was yeah. a lot of what we did. And yeah. and whether it, and also, as the introduction to the list says, it is a living list. It is not, um, I mean, we're not going to make changes on a week-to-week basis, but if we had put together the ranking and the list two weeks later, it probably would have been slightly different. And it definitely would be different a year and a half from now or whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't by any stretch of the imagination preclude the possibility that in five years when we do that list, that Breaking Bad might be 10 places higher. 
But yeah. I also don't preclude the possibility that it could be 10 places lower. It's all moment to moment. And that's kind of the fun of making the list. It's the fun of going through the list and getting pissed off about it. Right. So as, as long as people had fun with it, then I, I feel like we did roughly what we were supposed to be doing. Um, as I look through the list, I don't remember now. Is Baskets on the list or no? Baskets is not on the list. Okay. All right. Okay, but but I and I totally yeah. could and and again the other thing I'd I'd mentioned people and do mention people is that uh, and mentioned to you I believe on the morning it went up is that democracy does strange things it and does. Uh, yeah. and what what my top fifty looks like is not the same as what Robin's top fifty looks like it's of not the same as what Angie's top fifty looks like and this is where we all met I think if yes. I were to have put my top fifty out. I, like in my mind, maybe baskets is 45 to 50 or maybe it's 50 to 60. Like it's, it's sort of right in that range where I would have been very happy to have it here, but there are a bunch of shows that I didn't get to put on the list that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so that's just kind of one of them. Uh, better things is on the list, right? Better things is absolutely on the okay. list. And it's, it's say. fairly high up. Yeah. It's I think 22 on the list, which to me seems about right. <laughs> yeah, it seems about right. I, I may have even put it a little bit higher, but 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 anyway. But uh, as soon as I as soon as I looked at the list, uh, uh, number fifty, I was like, oh no, man, because um, <laughs> Sex in the City is number fifty, and I can understand why it's on the list, but it's one of my least uh, uh, favorite things that's ever been on TV. Well, not ever, but I'm, but I can understand why it, it's now. We, we, did it make number fifty because it was like, ah, shit, we have to put it on. No, there it no. was really it was it, it made number 50 because because I didn't particularly want it any higher. My two partners in making the list might have wanted it slightly higher and that was where it ended up. I you know, look, I I tell people over and over again that this is a list of 50 shows. I strongly endorse 98% of them. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. happens that of the shows on this list Literally the only one I do not like is Sex in the City. And so to yeah. me, if there's one show, if there's one show right. on a list like this that I don't like, that's yeah. that's a pretty good that's, yeah. ratio. Okay. All right. Well, let me well, let me just first of all say that um, you know, I didn't I didn't want to completely negate the entire list because uh, the, <laughs> because the number 1 is wrong. Um, <laughs> but for me, when you you know, if you're talking about it, it to me it's clear that if you're making a list of the top 50 shows in that time period, without question, number one should be The Wire. Because uh, that's just me. Um, I think The Wire is the, the greatest uh, show in the history of the medium. And, um, and the fact that it, uh, that it, that it comes in um, at number, what does it come in, five? Five, five. Yeah, I can't abide by that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is it, it, on on my list of top fifty. It is number one without any question. And yeah. yet, taking a step back, I have zero problems with Mad Men being number one on our list. Okay, zero. All right. Well, I I, I I can understand that. I'm not a. I mean, I, I look. I like Mad Men very much. I would just I, you know. But I mean, like the shows above the wire um, are Mad Men, which is number one. Uh, the Sopranos at number two. Um. Succession at number three, which I think is way too high. And speaking of way too high, uh, 30 Rock at number four, which I was astonished by to see that high. I mean, I look, I like 30 Rock very much. Uh, but at number four and above the wire, I was like, what? Um, I'm not really. So, but the, but the, uh, uh, so those are the top five. And uh, understandable why they're all, why they're all in there. Uh, but, but I mean, for me, the wire, I mean, it's just hands, hands down the best show ever. Um, 
But I, I'm just curious as to why 30. I guess I'm but the most. I, I can understand. Everybody loves Succession. I'm not a, you know, you know how I feel about Succession. I do. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, and I love, and I, you know, the Sopranos, I love the Sopranos. I can understand all that. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked at how high 30 Rock is. It is, it, when we put together, we, we made so many different variations of scoring in order to get to this. I mean, we started off with hundreds upon hundreds of shows and we graded the hundreds upon hundreds of shows on a zero, one, two, three scoring basis. Nothing okay. particularly logical or whatever, but that was just sort of how we did it. You know, a zero could be a perfectly fine show, just a show with no business being here and you know three was sort of a, a guaranteed top 50 etc cetera, etc cetera. and and so we did that and then that got us to like 120 and then we rescored it and then we got down to like 85 and then we all made our top 50s and then we looked at how that looked it was it was a lot of ranking re-ranking taking a step back and looking at where the points of consensus were uh, and where the points of differentiation were. So it's possible that a show like 30 Rock might have not necessarily been as high as fourth on all of our lists, but it might have been no lower than eighth or ninth or seventh or eighth on any of our lists. And so the consensus pushed it higher. Um, I, I, there was a it, it look it's all a lot of weird ass math there's no there's definitely nothing scientific to it we got to about 60 and we started moving things up down up yeah. down around yeah. what do yeah. we you know where do we think things whatever um I, I think if you know if i hadn't put my foot down the wire probably could have gone lower i think i said there's no way wow. the wire is going lower than this on this list <laughs> oh, man. um but but you know it was it was a largely amiable process it just involved lots and lots and lots mm -hmm. of debate and mm -hmm. so uh, you know by basis it's, it's sort of it's the if i think the wire is number one but a bunch of other people or a few other people or whatever thought it was significantly lower then that right. kind of lowers it that's yeah. the the okay. nature of a, of a weighted ballot and that's yeah I just yeah. get it, it's it, I, it, that's impossible for me to comprehend though. <laughs> how I, you know, I'm I'm just of the you know I mean I and I totally understand that and I and I and I know how that works but I just like I don't know how how someone uh, can just go yeah I think I don't think the wire should be in the top uh, ten I'm mean, like I, what <laughs> I, just, I, I, do, I do not disagree I but democracy democracy yields funny I, results Nick I understand okay um, all right well <laughs> some of the ones that I, that like uh, that I was thrilled to see I I, I have to say. Uh, coming in at number 10, I got to say, I'm, I was thrilled to see uh, BoJack Horseman uh, ranking so high because that show is so great. Um, did, what, were, what were the discussions to have that one rank so high? I think it probably could have been higher, actually, honestly. Yeah. I, I think probably, I think a couple of us, if memory serves, uh, and again, there were three of us, so a couple of a few, uh, had it a little bit higher. I think I might have had it seven or eight on my list, probably. Mm -hmm. Um no, it's it's just and the and one of the things about the list, um, and you know we they're they're just whatever the peccadillos of the list are. It, there's not enough animation on it, and that is a a thing that bothers me the tiniest of bits. You know, my yeah. own list would definitely have uh, would definitely have Bob's Burgers on it. It might have Big Mouth towards the bottom, etc. Yeah. But 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 BoJack to me still is the standout animated show of the past. 23 years I it's a agree. show that it's a show that got deeper and better and deeper and better as it went along and yeah there was there was really very little question it it deserved 
to be on this list and to be roughly as high as it was. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with that. Now, now you you, you mentioned uh, some of the some of the rules were, and I'm I'm just scrolling through right now. And um, what were the what were the rules on something like the Daily Show? Because the Daily Show comes in at number eleven. Um, I mean, I, yeah, obviously it started. So it started. In, wow, I, I, why do I think it? Why do I keep thinking it started earlier than '96? Why do I think it's been around longer than that? It <laughs> just feels like know. it's been around longer than that, and I don't know why. Basic, basically, the rules were that we were again looking at the at the 21st century parts of it. So that is not the entire John Stewart yeah. run, but most of the John Stewart run. But it also has to include the uh, the Trevor Noah run as well, which which I believe we both liked a pretty fair very amount. Much. So yes, I did very so much. I don't think that I don't think that lowers it. On the other hand, I don't necessarily think that on its own, the Daily Show with Trevor Noah would have made the list. Um, and and that's another place where the list probably has uh, faults in that probably it needed a few more uh, talk slash variety shows. I think probably the Colbert Report belonged on the list somewhere. Uh, and, and we used that particular entry to mention not just The Daily Show, but also the Colbert Report, also to touch on the fact yeah. that it, it kind of enabled things like uh, Full Farm Told Samantha B. Uh, Patriot Act with Hassan Minhaj, etc. Just uh, just bunches and bunches of shows. Uh, I mean, last week tonight, of course, also just to, you know, obviously could have been top yeah. fifty on its own easily. We, we and and easily could have been and you know, again maybe should have been used that as the chance to to nod to yeah. those. Got it, got it. Okay, and 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 and, and it's any type of t- and, the, and the thing is, it's a it, it's any type of TV show, whether it's uh, late night or whether it's network or whether it's cable or whether it's streaming. Uh, there were no rules on when it aired or what type of show it was, whether, what genre it falls into. It covered everything that that was a TV show in that time period. Uh, everything that was a TV show, we did put a restriction to English language. We we just made the determination that while a certain amount, a certain number of shows from other countries obviously have made it over here thanks to, you know, countless streaming services. The availability of them has been so spotty and so erratic and, uh, you know, some certain shows like Borgen being the obvious example for, you know, a decade right. were only available illegally in the United States. And then by the time they arrived, you know, they arrived on different streaming services, kind of buried on different platforms. And so there were a couple of shows that we kind of really wanted to include, but we just had a hard time saying, um, you know, my, my brilliant friend on HBO is a show that would have made the list and probably would have made it pretty high. It probably yeah. would have been in the top 20 or top 25. Absolutely. Uh, and what we said was, we think this is a great show, but if you ask us, is it the best Italian language show of the past 23 years? Is it representative of the Italian television output of the last 23 years? We didn't feel like we were qualified to say. And so it just, it felt, it felt better and less tokeny, I guess, to simply say, okay, we're concentrating on the things that we gotcha. know that we can yeah. do. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, coming in at number 12. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Any excuse to play that, you know that. Um, Indeed. Yeah, The Americans, fantastic show. What can you say? 
uh, absolutely know. and and another one that that probably could have been higher uh I, it also could have been you know a few places lower i feel like it came in at 12 or something and it's roughly yeah. fine there so yeah. yeah uh 30 for 30 an interesting choice um uh for uh coming in at number at number 13 and how because those episodes vary in topic and length and style um what were the conversations like to have that one uh, included but the conversations were mostly me saying this needs to be here because i'm gonna <laughs> be i'm gonna say that it needs to be there it, it's tough though because as you say there have been like at this point around a hundred of them and uh you know it started off as a as literally there were going to be 30 films to celebrate the 30th anniversary of hbo that's what it was and then they've kept going yeah there there's sort of this this world in which one could have put their foot down and said uh made in america uh the the oj simpson documentary to me that that's that on its own could have been easily oh, a top 10 or top uh, five. Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. and, and so it's almost, and this is sort of the conflict I have internally, as if we kind of penalized Made in America for having been part of this series with a lot of things that were not very good and some of them that were fantastic and some yeah. that were, and, and, you know, countless that were right in the middle somewhere. Uh, and, and so I didn't feel though that we could, you know, separate out OJ made in America. I didn't want to be like the Oscars yeah. and be, oh, this is a movie now. Yeah. No, it was never a movie. It shouldn't have won the Oscar. It, it was a it was a TV limited series made within the budget of a larger ESPN television program. Right. So right, right, right. So I didn't want to separate it out, which means that really and truly that series did get penalized for the erratic quality yeah. of some of the other entries rather than just made in america should have been the top five show right. so it was gotcha. it was a challenge all right coming in at number 14 i couldn't be more thrilled uh only two seasons but uh and i still think it's one of the greatest shows ever enlightened and it's still my favorite thing that tv wise that mike white did i like it more than white lotus and, I, and it did and it was higher than white lotus obviously. white lotus was not on the list so. oh white lotus did not make the list oh okay um it was it was very much in discussion but it it ultimately did not make the list i think you made the right choice as far as mike white shows go that's just it, me i think it is a fine choice and and i can tell you that my colleague angie had it uh i believe she had it in the top in her top two or three uh, she wow had it i like angie high An angie so. and i would get along very well <laughs> i think um, and whereas I look at where it is and I say, yeah, if, if, yeah. if I get more people to check out Enlightened, then I am all for it. Yeah, yeah. I would go a little higher. That's just me. Now, coming in at number 15 would be number two on my list. Because uh, <laughs> it would go Wire and then Atlanta. Um, those, would be my, those would be my top two um, uh, of, uh, on the list. But Atlanta, in the, in, you know, in the top 15, uh, obviously, I, I, I couldn't imagine making a list without Atlanta Again, I would I would have it much higher, but but without Atlanta being on the list, I think it was I think it was a bit higher in mine. I think I think probably it got dinged a tiny bit because of the perception of more again to use the word erratic. Keep using it. Uh, the, the the sense that the last couple seasons were up and down in quality. So yeah. which you know I think they were. I just don't know that they were so wildly disparate yeah. in quality. But yeah. I also no. think that that Atlanta 
down in quality is better than 95% of the stuff that's on television. Oh, that's, this is... that's just me. Like, you know, a weak episode of Atlanta is better than a great episode of almost everything else. That's an awful lot of stuff. No. And, yeah. and, and the highs and the highs are so oh, high. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, no. Okay. Were, were people mad about breaking bad, not being in the top 10 breaking bad coming in at number 16? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I bet were... people were just pissed, right? People were very angry about that. People were angry. Some people were, you know, there's there's been a while for people to deal with the possibility that some people might think of Better Call Saul as being a better show. Uh, but there were still people who thought, how can they be so different as if uh, there was a colossal difference in quality between 8 and 16? I assure people, really and truly, there's not a colossal <laughs> yeah. difference in quality between right. 8 and 16. That is right. that is one great show and another great show. Uh, but I think the problem with Breaking Bad is a lot of people's favorite shows, which is. Is, which is great, yeah. yep. by all means. But, it, but once you have that... <laughs> then you have no choice but to look and go, my favorite show of all time, you're telling me that Girls is better than it, that you're saying, you're telling me that, um, for, but honestly, Girls is such a polarizing show <laughs> that it sort of ended up being the uh, the scapegoat, the whipping boy, the whatever for, yeah. Yeah. for you know, for anything that, sh that people felt should have been higher. It wasn't like people were actually, you know, people, people knew better than to come at me and go, I can't believe you put reservation dogs higher than Breaking Bad because I'm just going to tell them to screw yeah, off. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But also, I, to, to keep saying this, I love Breaking Bad. Yeah. <laughs> there, I know you nothing do. To do it. I know and, you do. And so and so yeah. So um so I'm but again, we had the wire at number 5 and that's your number 1. So you felt offended by it being a difference of five spaces. I know. Ima imagine I know. imagine having your number 1 show being at 16. Right. I understand. I totally understand. Yeah. No, no it's funny because like uh, I I as soon as as soon as you know uh, you know, I, I got the link um, the day that it was posted. I scrolled all the way to number one, and I was like, God damn it, it's not The Wire. You know, I was like immediately, I was like, well, this list is bullshit, you know? <laughs> and, and look, as much as I might agree, I think that at the, I think though, <laughs> and, and I do believe this, that there are so many lists out there that have The Wire at number one and so yeah. many, honestly, that have Breaking Bad at number one, that have The Sopranos at number one. I'm, I'm fine with just being a tiny bit different. Yeah, I, think no, that, no, no. I, I think that Mad Men is a spectacular television show yeah. and bring yeah. it on at number one, I say. 21, Deadwood. Um, lots, yeah, that's lots of... Lots of people annoyed by by that one being as low as it was. Well, no, I think that's about right. Quite frankly, um, I, I would put it around around twenty twenty one. Yeah, I would. Uh, the, the thing is, for a lot of years, the primary argument against Deadwood being higher on lists like this was that it didn't end the way David uh, Milch wanted it to. Right. That right. because it didn't have its desired conclusion that was always going to be working against it. The fact that David Milch eventually got to make his movie and that for the most part, the movie was, was fairly well received. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that kind of eliminated that as an argument, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm fine with it where it is. Uh, Parks and Rec number 27, um, a show that started out uh, not so good. And then uh, it, it and then uh, just like kicked ass after that. And I think, uh, and I, I love Parks and Rec. I, you know, they, they're, they're, 
you know, uh, marathons of it on Comedy Central all the time. And sometimes I just have it on when I'm doing things. And um, I'm reminded of how much I love that show. I think for me, this might be on the list, the largest gap between where it might have been on my list and where it ends up here. Because, uh, you know, for people who remember my list of the of the tens, I, I had Parks and Rec at number one for yeah. for that decade. And Absolutely. there were a lot of caveats to that because Mad Men was split between two decades. And, and there were there were several shows like that that I really yeah. loved. But I was like, well, I'm only dealing with half of the runs of those shows. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'd have I'd have had that higher. I I prefer yeah. Parks and Rec to to Thirty Rock for I do too. For I do too, and I, I, I and I also prefer it to the to the Office. All of that stuff, you know that that from that time period, that you know that NBC Thursday sitcom time period thing. And Parks the and office, Rec, Park, 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 Parks and Rec, my favorite of uh, of all of those. I I am with you. The Office was another one that many people both both the. Uh, the NBC version and the British original; those were those were two shows that people uh, wanted to have on the list, and I understand that as a desire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Office uh, Office just uh, stayed way past its expiration date a little bit longer than it. I, I think. I think that show, you know. But of course, you're talking to the guy who watched every episode of fucking Glee, so I don't know what I'm talking about uh, in that regard. <laughs> watching things past their expiration date. Uh, 29, Broad City. So glad to see uh, that on the list. I love those two women, and I loved that show, and I was really happy to see it on there. I think this is. I think this is a good place for it, and I think it's a good place to have it sitting there so that people can consider it going forward just so that its legacy is okay it deserves to be in conversations like this now do i personally think it deserves to be higher than something like fleabag in those conversations right no but uh but you know again if that's a a a swapping of of two or three places on a list democracy yeah. man <laughs> i understand i understand um all right uh did did anybody come at you for the shield being at number 36 and not higher uh se- several people and yeah. <laughs> totally it, it, look it's and and that one's a tough one just because of how hard it is honestly to rewatch the shield yeah. now i think if you come at the shield now entirely fresh it's almost impossible to get a feeling for what it felt like when it premiered Agreed. and for Agreed. what it felt like and, and what our different attitudes towards policing were at that time, what our different attitudes towards what cable television was. I mean, it was yeah. a it was it was a trailblazer for what basic cable drama could do. It, it put FX on the map as a drama uh, series home. And so, you know, if so, so it's hard for people who watched it at the time and thought it was the best thing ever at that time to think that it might deserve to be maybe this low. And then it's hard for people who come at it now who might be like, okay, it's, you know, I can see how it's exciting. I can see how it's edgy. I can see how, how checklist is fantastic, etc. But, but to sort of put aside whatever baggage comes with it. it it's, yeah. it's a hard show to get a perspective on. It's a hard show. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, which is also in roughly the same position, kind of another show that's just very hard to come yeah. at now yeah. and to see it the way it was when it premiered. It's true. No, those are, that's, those are really great points. Those are really great points. Because, you know, and you're right. You, I mean, watching The Shield and, and Battlestar Galactica out of context like that, like from the time, because again, if you don't remember just what those shows did at the time they did that and, and the and as you just said the landscape was different um, it's it's interesting to look at it from that from that perspective 
it's 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 part of the fun and it's part of the challenge and so you know and and i can i can see the argument that either one of those shows could have been a little bit higher or could have been a little bit lower and so thus they feel roughly correctly placed roughly. well i mean it's it's if you want to check out the full list uh we're not going to talk about the, the all of it um, <laughs> the top 50 lists of the 21st century so far hollywood reporter you can check it out at hollywoodreporter.com and there's a um, a link to it there, and uh, you should check it out. Check out the full list, and uh, you know, and send all your complaints directly to Dan Feinberg. <laughs> Always happy to hear them. It's it is pinned to the top of my Twitter feed, so so there you go. Check away. It out. It's it's where the fun is, and uh, and that's the fine print uh, is is how people can find on Twitter you. on Twitter, right? The fine print. That's F I E N. The fine print. Go to the Twitter feed. Check out the list, and uh, feedback is welcome. So there you go. All right, it's Halloween time, so um, I thought maybe we would talk a, a, a couple of. Um, uh, well, it's not an anthology. One, one's an anthology series and one is a, uh, is a regular series. But two sort of scary uh, shows are on uh, the services right now. Peacock has John Carpenter's Suburban Screams. And uh, Netflix has uh, Mike Flanagan's latest uh, um, uh, series, uh, well, limited series, uh, Fall of House of Usher. I mean, they're, I would say they're both anthology series, just one sort of, uh, one is an episodic anthology and the other is yeah. kind of, because I view what Mike Flanagan does as being part of a, of a continuum. I, I view them as being extensions of the same worldview or whatever. So I, I view what he does as being anthological, yeah. even if it's not literally an anthology. Okay, well, let's talk about those because we're, you know, we're, we're getting close to Halloween, so we'll talk a little scary stuff here. Uh, we can get rid of the bad one first, and it's hard for me to even use the word bad and John Carpenter in the same sentence because I love him so much, and he's one of my heroes. But John Carpenter's Suburban Screams, uh, he just threw his name on there. They paid him. Um, he did kind of a score with his, with his son, Cody, which is nice. And then he directed one of the episodes sitting on his couch with a few monitors around him. So his his contribution to the show, <laughs> which basically his contribution to a lot of things, you know, lately has been, yes, I'll 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 gussy up a score. Yes, you can give me an executive producer credit on all these stupid ass Halloween movies, and I will take a nice big check. And um, I once interviewed John Carpenter. Uh, I interviewed him a couple of times. I once interviewed him, and he said, because I was like, man, they're remaking all your movies, and they're all shitty, you know. And he said, well, hey, I'm getting a check. And he said, uh, he literally said that. He's like, when I was younger, I told my parents I would love to make a lot of money and do nothing at all, and that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> so he makes no qualms about it. But It's, uh, the, it's the right attitude to have. It's yeah. the it's the uh, Michael Caine Jaws 3 line or whatever it was. The, yeah. the I don't remember the movie, but the house that the movie bought me is divine or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, and exactly. and that's, that's a healthy way to, yeah. to look I, at hey, such things. Listen, you know, what, what, what John Carpenter has contributed to the, to, to the world of film, I, I don't care if he sits on his ass and smokes weed and, you know, plays video games. Couldn't care less because every, you know, I love him so much. But man, this thing is shit. This, and even the things that he did put his name on within it are, are sort of nondescript. Like there, he did the opening, as you say, he did the opening titles theme. Right, right. I watched all six episodes knowing that he did the opening titles theme and could not tell you what the opening titles theme was, which is so weird because like I, I watched They Live last weekend for the first time in you know, years and years yeah. and years. Yeah, yeah. The score for that movie is fantastic. It's awesome, yeah. It is great. such a good score like not just of the of the sort of halloween let's go with the little plinky plinky noises and it'll be yeah. freaky because it because it's a great score for that no yeah. the score for they live is a great score it the is. score for john carpenter's suburban nightmares or screams or whatever it is is, yeah. is just garbage and the it whole is. thing is it is 
It's it's really really bad now. So so the thing is like, what? So Peacock, what was the? What's the? Because <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just like Carpenter's name on it, I, it. It indicates to me like, oh shit, now I want to watch it. And then I watched it, and I'm looking at it. And it was like if Carpenter's name wasn't on this. I wouldn't have watched any of this shit. It's terrible. And, and like, like we were talking about this uh, uh, before we started recording. It was shot in Czechoslovakia. What, it, where's the money come from? Who are the actors? Where did Peacock pick this crap up? I, do, I, I have no answers for anything. But of course, the, the primary thing is exactly what you said at the start. The, the If his name was not on it, you would not have watched it. No. If his name was not on it, I, I definitely would not have reviewed it. There would have been nothing... In these six episodes, if you remove the the prospect of John Carpenter's name, there is nothing yeah. that would justify reviewing this. It, you, you, I mean, you ask all the right questions. The who are the actors in this? I don't know. Like they're, they're, they're it's it, some like one or two of them are American actors, but I don't know even why they bothered. Like most yeah. of them are are kind of. British actors who could get work visas easily, but not British actors who are kind of like the Royal Shakespeare Company. We're British actors, so we're going to class everything up. It, it Like, just they happen to be actors who are British and probably have never gotten a stage role in their lives or a TV role. It, baffling. Uh, yeah. The, I, I don't know how the, I don't know how the stories were chosen. I don't, no any logic to it at all it it feels it well, feels like exactly what it was it, it was all shot in the environs around Prague and so they're talking about okay. how episodes are are in New Brunswick and uh San Diego County and whatever they're all shot in the same very gray Eastern European, the the architecture is only eastern european the 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 light is only eastern european it's the same cloudy day i think they shot all of the episodes on like i I think like i don't believe that there was a single part of this that got a second take they might have shot the entire series on an (laughs) afternoon at a farmhouse that's what it feels like yeah it does like it's it is so baffling and so nondescript. You said yep. you said off air that you expected Robert Stack to show yeah. up. Yeah. I kept watching it and going, "Whoa, I really disliked the Netflix remake of Unsolved Mysteries. It was so much better than this." Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm totally with you. Uh, and again, it's only a, cur- a piece of curiosity. I think a lot of people, like me, were curious because John Carpenter's name is attached to it, and lo- don't let that suck you in. Although, as you mentioned in your review, um, his the episode that he quote unquote directed um, <laughs> is the best of the uh, you know not surprisingly like, the best. Like it's, prob- it's still not but, it's still not very yeah, good, but it's the best. But pro- like, do you, do you honestly think? And this is a serious question in a yeah. blind taste test, blindfolded. If I just told you one of these episodes was directed by John Carpenter, do you really believe? I don't think and, so. Okay, that was what. No, I, yeah. No. Would okay. I be able to tell which one was directed by him? Is your question correct? And and I and I haven't gone to read reviews to see if other people are kind of swearing that they can see yeah. directorial traits associated no. with John Carpenter. I, I like I I made I made it up in my own head as much as anything else. I said it was probably one of the best episodes or yeah. one or two episodes in the series, but yeah. whatever. It's still not good. But no. although I will I will say this though, uh, I do feel that the ward 
has John Carpenter written all over it. And that was the last feature that he, that he made. And I think that that, and I still back that movie. I think that movie is really solid and really good. And there are earmarks of Carpenter all over that, not to be found in this at all. No, nothing, so. nothing at all. Now, uh, Fall of the House of Usher, I've not watched the whole thing yet. I am, oh, okay. uh, I am only three and a half episodes uh, in. Um, <laughs> and um, I'm not, I'm not uh, digging it, explain, and you, 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 uh, you did review it. Um, so tell, tell us your thoughts on The Fall of House and Usher. This is Mike Flanagan's latest Netflix uh, adventure horror series. Not adventure, a, sorry. Horror. No, not adventure, but uh, but spooky. Spooky yeah. season series. Yeah. Uh, and in general, I, I've liked them all. I, I didn't like Midnight Club, which was the last one. Midnight right. Club, whatever the last one was, with the with the kids telling each other's yeah, stories. That was I, Midnight I didn't, Club. Yeah. I didn't like the structure of that one, unfortunately, and I thought that the performances were a little hit and miss. It, it sort of, t- to me, it missed the overall feeling of the earlier ones. But I thought Haunting at Hill House was was very Terrific. very good. I Terrific. thought uh, Haunting at Bly Manor had had deep emotional undercurrents that I really bought. I thought Midnight Mass, um, it, it had a sort of slow build, but once it got going, I thought it was nutty and fun, and I, I liked what it was doing. Uh, and this... Um, I, I liked a lot of it. I thought it was I thought it was in many ways more playful than his other stuff. And and you're going to talk about this in a minute. But I, I kind of liked that he was playing the let's make up silly excuses to reference Poe at every turn right. Um, right. without necessarily telling any of the Poe stories, but just giving lip service to a lot of them, making references, a lot of references. But I thought it was having fun. And there's the the anger that it has because basically it uses all of these Poe stories as a way of uh, getting cathartic revenge on the Sackler family for the opioid epidemic. It is, it is basically just, it is dope sick. If you could reimagine it so that karmic payback came and killed everyone horribly. Mm -hmm. And I, I understand the desire for that. And I understand why he wanted to do it. I think it is a significantly less deep and emotionally rich series than Bly Manor or uh, or Midnight Mass. I think that if you look at something like what Haunting of Hill House wanted to say about addiction, I, I don't think that this is as rich as that. Right. Uh, and even right. though addiction is kind of more on the surface of it, but but I liked. I thought it was. I thought it was more playfully violent, and I thought that was entertaining. And then I just really once again enjoyed the ensemble that Mike Flanagan has built up over the years, and I liked watching him move the different pieces around and be like, okay, here's the here's the thing I'm going to give Henry Thomas to do this time. Here's the thing I'm going to give Katie Siegel to do this time. Carla Gugino is going to get to wear a lot of different wigs and stuff, yeah. and that'll be She's fun. having a blast, by the way, in this. I think, I think so. they all are. I think Mark yeah. Hamill's having a great time. Um, it, you know, uh, Bruce Greenwood, who, uh, to me, what Bruce Greenwood did here is fascinating on two levels, because I think it's a great performance to begin with, but also it's really interesting if you happen to know how much it was entirely done in reshoots, because Frank Langella played the role initially oh, initially oh, initially that's... shot some percentage of it which oh. i believe was a large percentage oh god i totally forgot about that and then got fired and bruce greenwood came in and reshot all oh. of it and i think that i think frank langella would have been very good i think bruce greenwood is much better for what it's doing and the I, idea you know, you just, i'm sorry you just blew my mind i completely <laughs> forgot completely forgot about that okay 
<laughs> and, and it's not like one of those things like Christopher Plummer in whatever the Getty right. movie was, where right. a lot of it was CG and basically yeah. there was like five minutes that he had to shoot and, and yeah. everyone was like, yay, thank you so much for making us not have to deal with Kevin Spacey and here's an Oscar. Yeah, here's yeah. an Oscar nomination. <laughs> right. Good for you. Uh, this, this is a very substantive role that he maybe had to some degree to have done basically wow. in a vacuum. And I think that's very interesting. Okay. So. I didn't know that. I'm now reevaluating what I've <laughs> in, my, in my brain now. I totally forgot about that. Okay. So, so just a lot of things about this that interested me. It, it, it does become kind of a, a murder of the week structure at a certain point. And you haven't even gotten to the point at which it begins to become repetitive. So, yeah. uh, so, so I'm curious, uh, what, my, as, as a Poe fan, what was holding I, you back? It, my, well, it's, it just, it was, uh, it's, it was all too like, quote unquote, clever. Um, and oh, I, and cutesy, I, I, cutesy, cutesy, I think and I was, anno- I was annoyed by a lot of the drop-ins and the references as, as opposed to, you know, like, and, I, and it's not like I don't get them. They're all, they're not, they're not going over my head. I got them all. And, and I just found it to be like, man, you're really not doing a lot with, you know, the themes that Poe had, especially in a lot of the stuff that you can. And then like to have people just randomly just speak, you know, uh, in Poe language and poetry. I'm like, what the, f-? you know, um, as a Poe fan, I was just like, look, that's not enough. You're, you know, like your little lip service is not enough for me. And what you've what you've basically put together, what I've seen so far, is a reasonably generic, you know, kind of a show. And uh, and it just, I mean, it, you know, except for you know some of the cast members who I enjoy, it just didn't grab me. And I certainly didn't think it was any great sort of version of any kind of Poe story or you know poem or anything of that regard. Uh, it it definitely doesn't it doesn't tell. It definitely doesn't tell any of the individual stories or poems well. There is right. no point at which you go, that is a definitive take on yeah. dot, dot, dot. It is definitely a, okay, here we are, and now we're going to be referencing this for a certain amount of time. Maybe we'll put effort into it. Maybe we will just be silly. Like, the way that they found to explain using the Rue Morgue, uh, I thought, was... Yeah. Was was silly, but I I kind of laughed at the audacity of how silly it was. Yeah. Uh, some of the things a little bit later I thought were very cleverly done. Other things I thought, okay, oh. well, fine. They're just making sure that they that they check that yeah. they check a bunch of things on a list. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it's not deep. It's, this is this is not really intended for ultra po fans. It's intended for people who have a working knowledge of Poe and enjoy being able to point at the screen and go, oh, I recognize well, that reference. And listen, listen, you're talking to, you know, I don't know what I'm bitching about because you're talking to a guy who loves all the Corman stuff, including the Raven, which is as ridiculous as you can <laughs> as you could possibly get. I mean, maybe that has something to do with the fact that I was that's my childhood and, uh, and, and more than anything else. So I don't, I'm going to be like a strict Poe, you know, like, because I mean, the, the Corman stuff, they took a lot of liberties. Roger Corman <laughs> took a lot of liberties completely uh, with them. Um, but I, I was just, and, and I still, I'm only halfway through it. I'm not even halfway through it yet. So I will, I will, I will definitely, I mean, I'll definitely continue to watch it. I just, you know, for me, Flanagan, you know, and I like his stuff a lot, but for me, I don't know if he's ever going to do anything better than Dr. Sleep. And I still, I love that movie. And I still think that that's like the best thing, uh, that he's done, um, ever. And of course, you know, Rebecca Ferguson has a lot to do with that. But, uh, but anyway, but what I like is stuff I've just, I, 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 this thing just did not hook me, but I will, of course, watch the other four episodes for sure. No, and I, and I think realistically, uh, the other earlier adaptations, uh, Hill House and Bly Manor, 
are yeah. much more honestly in the vein of the Roger Corman uh, yeah. Poe adaptations, wherein they took kind of the basic themes and took shapes of the stories, but built a coherent narrative over eight episodes yeah. to play it out. This is not that kind of thing, because once it structurally just becomes basically, you know, I heard a friend referenced it as kind of Edgar Allan Poe's final destination. And, and that probably is, oh, yeah. is just what it is. It's it's yeah, yeah. the it's the here's the way in which here's the way in which malevolent fate will deal with the Sackler family, right. one victim after another. Right. And I found it satisfying but not rich whereas i think a couple of the earlier flanagan limited series actually had richness so you know okay all right um so uh but we you know we still haven't even touched upon a a whole bunch of stuff that you've written but i want everybody to catch up who's listening always check out the fine print f-i-e-n the fine print hollywood reporter uh lots of reviews and lots of stuff that we hadn't had a chance to talk about in the weeks that uh, that we had missed What's uh? What are we? What are we looking for the next time we speak? And we will we will speak on our regular basis. When when was the? What's what? What are you working on? Uh, what have you been watching? I know there's embargoes all over the place, but uh, well, okay. So this is I'm I'm bringing this up specifically because this happens to have been the thing I just finished before we talked. Did you watch the first season of Wolf Like Me? I did not. On Peacock. I did not. Okay, given that you apparently have Peacock and used it to watch John Carpenter's uh, no, my whatever parents, that is. I, my parents have Peacock, <laughs> and I used their subscription to watch uh, that that thing. Uh, but yeah, I have access might, to Peacock. Yes, I might recommend that you check out Wolf Like Me because I, I, it is a it's also in the spooky season kind of thing because okay. it does indeed have werewolves in it, and. I liked the first season, and I also dug the second season. I think it is a show that lots of people have inherent problems with because I know some people are allergic to Josh Gad, which is entirely <laughs> a reasonable allergy to have. I think that this is, I think this is the best thing he's done and the uh-huh. least Josh Gaddy thing he's done. So um, that's a great but, way to put it, man. Uh, but like, yeah. there's no way you don't like Isla Fisher. Right? No, I love her. Are okay, you then, of then, then you should watch it. She's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the Australian settings are tremendous. It, you know, sometimes it really is a werewolf show. Sometimes it really is just a comedy. And other times it's a story about people in their 40s finding second love and dealing with each other's damage and dealing with each other's secrets. And it just happens that one of their damage and one of their secrets is that they're a werewolf. And, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and it also, every episode is nearly every episode is under 30 minutes. And so six episodes, first season, seven episodes in the second season, which just premiered. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of getting behind uh, wolf like me and not okay. just because and anyone who's watched the second season already will know this it ends on a big enough cliffhanger that if enough people don't watch it and peacock doesn't renew it i'm gonna be angry so oh, people okay people need to watch it because i need to see how the writer director <laughs> of the series is going to get out of where things left off Okay, I love that that's the reason why people should watch it. That's fantastic. That's, well, uh... <laughs> people need to watch it because I need to see a third season, but there's no way that I'm going to be the only person who's going to come away feeling that way. So okay, that's cool. my theory. All right, very good. I love that theory. Okay, Dan, uh, always great to catch up with you, and we'll uh, we'll do it back on our regular schedule. Uh, everybody, please check out uh, Dan Feinberg. He writes for The Hollywood Reporter, and you can check everything out at The Fine Print. 
He's on the socials there and on, uh, on uh, Twitter. Check out the feed, too. F-I-E-N. Dan, always a pleasure, and we'll talk to you next time. Till next time, Nick. All right, buddy. Take care. Dan Feinberg, everybody. Uh, he's the best. You know who else is the best? Esmeralda Leon. Let's get to her. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esma. I'm talking about that Esma. Esmeralda Leon. Yeah. Esmeralda. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Esmeralda Leon. Yeah, yeah. Get yourself some Esma. Love me some Esma. Yeah. All right. That theme means it's time to talk to Esmeralda Leon, which is always a blast. And let's say hello to her. Hi, Esmeralda. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm all right. Not bad. Um, So uh, we're into the uh, we're you know we're deep into the Halloween season as this uh, as this Mm -hmm. episode drops. We're exactly one week from Halloween. You like Halloween, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's well, what's not to like? It's weird shit. There's horror <laughs> movies, and there's candy. Yeah. You have to love candy. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I had a the uh, only the only sociably okay time to like shove your face with candy, and no one really thinks. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna be bad. They're like, oh, it's Halloween, whatever. <laughs> you're not going to be judged. You will not be judged for cramming mm-hmm. uh, candy in your face. I, I had the uh, the the white chocolate Reese's Ghosts this weekend. This oh wow! Weekend. And they're like they're Reese's, but they're white chocolate, which they uh, exist. Mm-hmm. But these are shaped like ghosts. That's why they're white. Ooh. Yeah. And mine was scarier. <laughs> mine was mine was scarier. You know why it was scary? Because it half melted in my pocket. Oh no! So he was a fucked up ghost. He was a real fucked up ghost. His face was all messed up. <laughs> so. You should send them. You should have sent them pictures and been like, "You should do this to all your ghosts." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just New traumatize design. some children with yeah. deformed ter- ghosts. Your kids get home and go, oh my God, what's wrong with the ghost? And that's it, 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 it. You murdered the ghost. You actually murdered a ghost yeah. kid. That's what you did. Um, so, you know, when you hear the doorbell nowadays. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. She's got a big bag of Reese's uh, right in her, in her hand right now. I just thought it might be. Is it the, the ones? It's the ghosts. She uh, uh, a whole bunch of Stick them in ghosts. your pocket. It'll be weird. Like, every time I hear that doorbell, I think it's Felicity. You know, I think it's Carrie. But now it's going to be some jerk uh, going, give me some candy. But, right. Um, but I never get, I never, we talked about this before in the buildings that we live we don't yeah. get trick or treaters. When you were when you were growing up in Joliet, did you guys get a lot of trick or treaters? Did they come to the door? Yeah. Around? So we yeah. yeah we we lived in a in a subdivision, um, in a house. So yeah we that's that's par for the course. Right. As uh, trick or treaters. Yeah. 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 We you know we lived I lived in the city as you know um um in Wrigleyville and we did we get used to, we used to get a good amount of trick or treaters because you know back in the seventies when I was growing up. Um, I, again, I sound like an old man. Back in the seventies, you know, um, <laughs> before I had prostate issues, you know that all that stuff. Um, <laughs> kids, kids did trick or we trick or treated till like nine o'clock at night in the seat in the city. Um, yeah, which I guess is, which is very unusual now because you have to do it at specific times, you know, right? And and cold. Well, for the for the for the kids, right? I think I don't know how the teenagers do it, but. 
Yeah. Kids are always they, the ones. They were always the ones like at the end. They'd yeah. show up in no costume. Right. And yeah. A pillow, and a pillowcase. Right. <laughs> Little assholes. They'd be just walking around. And you're just me. like, oh, you, okay. Here. Yeah. So you're, uh, what, what's your costume? I'm a high school kid. Now give me some fucking candy. That's my costume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not always this, you know. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's so, show. Anyway, and my dad's going to tell a joke today. Uh, so there nice. you go. As, as usual, my dad stops by on Tuesdays to tell jokes and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. So a lot of scary stuff happening uh, for Halloween. We always have this guy. Jesus. <laughs> and, of course, they the woke up on the wrong side of the bed. They did. And here's this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that goes on, as you know, for two and a half minutes. Uh, so, yeah, then, of course, these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. Um, uh, and this guy. That will live forever, too. Yes. All right. So, <laughs> so anyway. all right. So, Halloween is, uh, we are a week away from Halloween. And, uh, you know, it's, it's my favorite holiday of the year. I just, I, I love it. You know, um, Julie and I did a we did a pumpkin we covered a pumpkin. Oh, nice! Uh, which we I haven't done in in years. And, yeah. You know, we were at the grocery store and she's like, uh, "Let's get a pumpkin." I'm like, "Oh, all right." So we did uh, you uh, did you roast the seeds? We we did not because we didn't have time. Um, ah. We had, we were doing the pumpkin like right before we left to go see. Oh, by the way, we went to see we did the pumpkin and then we went to see Michael Rappaport. Um, mm. he was fucking hilarious, Esmeralda. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> do you do you follow him on the socials, Esmeralda? Michael Rappaport. I don't know. He's uh, he's a riot. Uh, Michael Rappaport. For people might not know he's an actor. He's been in a ton of movies. He's in True Romance. He's in Beautiful Girls. You know, he's been on TV. He's been in a ton of ton of stuff. Uh, Higher Learning, the John Singleton movie. Um, but you know, he's been doing stand up now for I don't know fifteen years. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's weird because like I always every time I think of Michael Rappaport for years I was just like what is he doing stand up because he's like I always thought he was a serious actor so he's funny, <laughs> uh, but he was a riot man he played the city winery on Randolph. Um, that's have you been to the city winery, Esmeralda? I don't I don't think I have I don't think I have yeah it's uh it's fa- it's it's fa- sort of fancy schmancy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've been, I've been there once before, but I guess I wasn't in the, like the, I don't know why I don't remember it being as fancy schmancy because I was, it, not to drop names or anything, but I was there, Steve Earle played and I was, I was backstage and stuff. So like my mm-hmm. experience, my experience was a little different, but like the tables, I mean, they've, I think they've updated it since I went there last. Um, I mean, yeah, probably yeah, <laughs> when was, like, when was last. I don't even remember a bunch of years. I mean, before COVID, it <laughs> yeah. was before COVID. Yeah, they so. probably. I would yeah. say they probably did update. But, I, but man, I was like, wow, this place is really. I mean, man, and I was, and even Michael Rappaport came out and went, "What the hell am I doing playing this place?" Like he was like, <laughs> "How how did I get? This? How did I book this room?" Um, but he was. I mean, he was absolutely hilarious, and he did talk about the fact that um, I don't know if you know this or not, but he appeared on the Masked Singer uh, two weeks ago. He got he got voted off. Oh really? So you know the mask. Singer, Wait, right? you got voted off? He did because he made it. He made it through because what you know, you know, you know what the mask singer is, right? Right. I thought they just had to guess who it was. Yeah, but you get like each each. Well, you, you try to guess who it is, and if you if you 
perform well, you come back next week and perform more and continue to fool the audience. They, they guess every week. So, like, oh, wow. you're underneath this whatever huh. mascot <laughs> weird-ass costume. You're a fox or a rabbit or some shit, a giant weird head. And you come out and you sing. And if you do well, if the judges like you and, and you vote, the audience votes as well. If you do well, you continue. And then you become the masked singer champion. And they, un- they take off your mask at the end. Mm-hmm. So the loser each week has to be unmasked. You know what I mean? So like whoever. Right. So there's like five or six mystery celebrities who come out with their weird costumes on and they sing and they do their thing. And then at the end of the episode, the person with the lowest score, they have to take their mask off. And that's the big reveal. Mm-hmm. And then the judges all make their guesses who they think is behind the mask. So <laughs> Michael Rappaport <laughs> was dressed as a uh, was dressed as a pickle. I don't know if you if you if you, oh, wow. if, you if you Google if you Google Michael Rappaport uh, um, mm-hmm. masked singer, you'll see the costume. And it was actually one of the best co- one of my favorite costumes ever because he came out as he was a giant pickle and he had like a wow. top hat on and all that stuff. And um, and he told the story. He told the story at uh, uh, at City Winery over the weekend about how um, like they make you think you're great, like the vocal coaches and stuff. Oh yeah, you're great. <laughs> you're great. And you know, because they have a lot of people who can't sing on the show, and that's part of the fun. I, is like, well, yeah, and I actually assumed. I mean, I guess I've never, I've never watched a whole episode, so yeah, I watch it all. Um, <laughs> I've only <laughs> seen bits where they're like, "Oh yeah, this person sounds amazing," right? So I didn't actually think that there, that there were people who couldn't sing. Oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, one episode, I don't know if you it's probably you don't know about this cuz you don't watch this. It's such a fucking stupid show and I watch I'm, I'm an idiot, Esmeralda. I watch that goddamn show on a regular basis cuz I'm an idiot. Um, but I like it. I think it's ridiculous. But at one point, you know, there was somebody who was really terrible and 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 the people mm-hmm. who are terrible or they sound weird, it's usually like you know, they're like, oh, I wonder who that is. Maybe it's an old it's an old star or something who can't really move very well anymore or something like that. But they had one person on who, I can't remember what they sang. And then they, when they, they did the reveal, it was fucking Rudy Giuliani and Ken Jeong walked off the set. Yeah, I mean. He walked off. The, yeah. he walked off he's like, what is this asshole doing on the show when he walked off the set? Um, you know, but anyway, but no, so anybody can be on the show. I mean, look, if idiot, if dumbass Rudy Giuliani who can barely speak, let alone sing, um, if he can be on the show, anybody can. So Michael Rappaport, I can't remember what song he, he sang two songs cause he made it for two weeks. Um, and one of the songs was wow. the who he did a who song. Um, mm-hmm. I want to say it was pinball. He's pinball wizard. I think he did pinball wizard. And so, uh, he did the song and then he made it cause somebody else was worse than him, which is hard to believe, but somebody else was worse than him. And uh, but he got he got booted off the following week. And when he took when they took off the mask, and it was Michael Rapport because they guessed like somebody guessed it was Howard Stern. Like one person like uh, guessed it was <laughs> Howard Stern. Another person guessed it was somebody. I can't remember what it was. But then it, and nobody guessed Michael Rapport. Nobody got it right. And when and because Michael Rapport is known for swearing like on his on his he 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 swears a lot and he, he's known for mm-hmm. swearing, doing funny shit and talking a lot of shit about Trump. Like he really calls him, he calls him Dick Stain Donald Trump. That's what he, that's what he calls him. So he's kind of known for that. So when he took, yeah, his, when, yeah. he, when he lost and he and he had to take his mask off, he just started swearing. He's like, "Fuck you, Ken Jeong. Fuck you, J- Jenny McCarthy." He's like screaming at the judges. <laughs> but it was hilarious. So at the show. Um, he, uh, he at the show, he he was talking about how the, you know, the vocal coaches are like, yeah, you're great. You know, 
you sounded great out there, you know? And then, like, his, he'd come home and his wife is, he's like, yeah, I can sing. I can really sing. This is really awesome. And she's like, no, you can't fucking sing. You're terrible. Did you watch yourself, you know, on the show? She's like, I watched the fucking show. You're terrible, you know? <laughs> you made so they, it, what, you said? Like a week or two? So he ma- Yeah, he made it through two shows, which is, you know, uh, more than anybody <laughs> expected. He performed two songs. You would think Michael Rappaport would perform one song and get, but. Right. But anyway, he was, re- him. he was really funny. He was really, really funny. So, so that was fun. So, yeah, we didn't have time to roast the uh, the the uh, the seeds because we were like heading out. Um, but now, what was the last time? When was the last time you did a uh, you did a jack o' lantern? Oh God, it's been a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. For me too. That was many, many years. Uh, for me too. Um, but so, so when you would do, when you would do like jack-o'-lanterns, were they like the smiley jack-o'-lantern or did you do like the mad, was he the mad? Yeah, I tried to do the smiley one as best I could. I think usually it was a free hand, so it was a bit crooked. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, now I I love these crazy ass pumpkins that people do. You've seen some of these goddamn pumpkins. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Some people go all out. I mean, you can get stencils now and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So it'll help you um, do the design right. But yeah, some people just freehand it, and it's amazing. Like, good I for know. them. <laughs> I know, man. And then they have like 27 different implements that they use to scrape this part and carve that part. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We had like, yeah. two, we had like two knives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you buy the kit, or did you just like, no. we have knives? <laughs> we have knives. We just had two. We, we used like a butcher knife. Uh, and then, and then, uh, like a steak knife and a paring knife. We had three knives, and then like mm-hmm. a big metal spoon to scoop out all the shit because you got to really scrape out the. Yeah. Because there's a lot of guts in there, you know, inside the pumpkin, all that stringy stuff that you got to get rid of. So, um, but yeah, we just made him like he had. He has got three teeth, you know, and he's like smiling. Right. Yeah, so. they never have a full set of teeth. <laughs> they do not have good teeth unless you're one of these maniacs. Have you? You know what I like. Is the uh, when you take the pumpkin and then you do the? Have you ever seen the ones where they do the vomiting pumpkin? Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those. Those are my favorite. Like when you have the pumpkin with it wincing, like making a terrible face, mm-hmm. and then you just take <laughs> you take the guts and the seeds and just ke- keep them, but then throw them so it looks like he's vomiting up his. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those are my favorite. I wanted to do that, but it's you know it's an indoor pumpkin. You know, right? Yeah, that would start to get a little stinky. Yeah, I mean, if you got it out on the porch, that's cool. You can leave that out there, and that's cool. You know, for the kids to see. But this is an indoor pumpkin. You know, so it's not going to yeah. be. There's no. There's no, Julie does not have a front porch, so there's, <laughs> so, so that's just not going to happen. But it was fun, and uh, and then like we put the candle in, and we were we were uh, we were uh, we were watching TV, and and we could smell like burning pumpkin. Yeah. I think you're supposed to, I mean, you can now just do a little fake candle. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, less fire. Less fire hazard. Yeah. We put the pumpkin. I was like, wait a minute. What the hell's going on? I totally forgot. And then we lifted up the, the lid on the dude. And there was a big black mark on the bottom of the lid where the candle Whoops. was burning. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Well, I haven't done that in a long time. Uh, but uh, but we didn't do anything fancy. I was I was like, man, we should do the the guts. Like, no, there's no black. We have no porch. It's like, no, 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 no. Man, there's (laughs) a lot of pumpkin will do. (laughs) There's a lot of guts in a pumpkin. It's a it's a it's a hassle. There's all that stringy shit. It's everywhere. You think you got it all and then it's not. And then you carve it and there's strings hanging in the eyes. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, they make you, you know, you kind of you think it's going to be really easy. And you're like, oh, you just scoop it like, 
yeah. you're going to spoon it out so easily. No, it's no. it's a bit of work. Yeah. You know, there was a place in the city. I don't know if you've ever if you ever visited there. I don't I don't know if it still exists. Maybe, you know, somebody uh, can leave a message on the hotline at 773-417-6948 if you want to leave a voicemail anytime. Um, there was a place on I want to say on Wellington near Lincoln. Like right it used to be like right around the corner from Club 50. Um and like right around it's not very far from Diversity in Lincoln. Mhm. Um, there's a 7-Eleven on the corner there at Wellington and Lincoln. And then down that street on Wellington, there used to be this famous sort of house and it got featured on local news. And I think maybe even on like, um, um, the Chicago, that local Chicago show on channel 11, mm-hmm. um, where they would have, you would, you would drive, people would drive by there and traffic would get all fucked up and stuff because they would have like hundreds of pumpkins. Oh, wow. Like in the front yard and on the porch and in the windows of the house and stuff like that. And it became like this mm-hmm. thing. And now I'm trying to remember. But it was on Wellington. I want to say just west of Lincoln, um, right by the park there. But it was it, every year, like you would go, you know, you would go past there because like they would literally have like hundreds of different kinds of pumpkins that were some were carved beautifully and some were not and everything. But they would have like hundreds of pumpkins in the filling up the yard and on the porch and in the house. Oh, and, Jesus. In yeah. the house? Yeah, like in the windows. Like they would have them in the oh, windows. Oh, okay. So you would drive, so you would drive <laughs> by. I think they're just quarters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing special about it. They're just hoarders. They're just spe- specifically uh, to the season hoarders. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's all it is. This is no big deal. These people just need some help. They need, they need A&E to show up and uh, clean out the house. Uh, they're just <laughs> um, but no, I remember traffic, you know, like on Saturday nights and stuff would get booked, would get really backed up because people would be like taking pictures and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think it exists anymore. Um, but it was on Wellington in Chicago, Wellington. I mean, probably like 1700 West on Wellington or something like that. It would be. Um, and just, you would go by there and it was so cool. People would walk by and stand there and look at all the, I don't know who lived there. I don't know. I don't know who did it, but for a long time, every year you would go to that house and there'd be hundreds of lit jack-o'-lanterns. Oh my goodness. And this was back in the day when you'd have to use candles. So that whole place could have gone up. (laughs) Yeah. that could. But I don't know. But have you ever? Do you do you remember that place? Or you have you ever memory? I've no. I don't. Uh, yeah, no. Never yeah. saw it. It's got to be. A, it's got. There's somebody has to remember it. I mean, I, 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 I maybe I just you know maybe I made the whole thing up. I was drunk coming from Club Nine Nine Fifty. Do you imagine it? <laughs> I just imagined it one night when I was loaded. But um, but anyway. So yeah, and then do you remember? Uh, I guess it was in in uh, in. I guess it was near Skokie, Northwest suburbs, um, Skokie or something like that. There was Candy Cane Lane. Um, oh no! And every year, like Candy Cane Lane was like now. A lot of people go uh, in over the past bunch of years. A lot of people go ape shit when they do their Christmas decorations. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot. You've seen these houses where they just go fucking. Oh nuts yeah. And, um, and uh, but this was it was called Candy Cane Lane. Uh, you know, before I bring stuff up on this show, maybe I should fucking research it before <laughs> before I just come on the show. And go, hey, I think there was this place once. You know, but the candy. I'm Lincoln. <laughs> I'm just remembering it as we talk. But there's Candy Cane Lane, like I said, I, Northwest Suburbs, Skokie-ish or something. Maybe again, seven seven three four one seven six nine four eight. This is this is this is why um, it's difficult now when you don't have a live radio show. 
Because, <laughs> you know, when you're doing a live radio show, you can just throw the number out, and then five minutes later, somebody's like, yeah, idiot, the place was on Wellington. You know, right. you get a phone call. <laughs> now I got to wait till this goes and, is, you know, and people hear it and then call me and call the hotline. So I got to wait. So we won't find out if this is real or not until the next episode. But Candy Cane Lane was northwest uh, suburbs or something. And it was people mm-hmm. would come in. People would come in from around, like, all around Illinois. You know, it would be one of those things like what night of the Christmas season are we going to drive up to Candy Cane Lane? And then you would just go because it was a bunch of houses in a huge neighborhood uh, that you could see like it, it would light up. You could literally see it like it was almost like you remember that scene in uh, in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where um, Chevy Chase finally plugs in and all the lights come on. Yeah. On his yeah. house. And no. you can like see it from space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what Candy Cane Lane was. It was one of these deals where people would literally come from miles around in Illinois just to go to this oh, wow. particular suburb. And, and people yeah. would go, no, I mean, it's rich people. They did nothing else to do with their lives. Yeah, yeah. Life. And people love, you know, people love lights. <laughs> <laughs> they do. There's a whole goddamn festival of them. So did you go down now when you were younger, Esmeralda? Did you, did you guys go down to the loop to see the windows? Was that a thing? Yeah. No. <laughs> that was not a thing no did you ever like did you ever go hey i want to go down and then your parents went no we're not gonna go did you ever no, have any we're no? not doing that not no. your, not your, not your thing there's um my my family is not uh <laughs> there's crowds we're not going there i understand i understand and i and you know what i don't blame you at all uh and i i was you know because most people you know when i was growing up and still i think i think they still do it at least not you know like i mean covid knocked it around a little bit but uh, people go. People make a point of going down to the loop, you know, to see the windows. And it used to be yeah, Marshall Fields. Yeah, now that now I am, yeah, now that I live here and I'm older, I've been, um, yeah, and I've been uh, post COVID, and it is, um, sadly, it's a little, um, <laughs> not as amazing as you would expect. <laughs> right, right. Like the windows are just kind of. Sorry, Macy's, but you, yeah. they're really dropping the ball and all that stuff. Yeah, well, you would get, you know, the thing was, you would go down, you'd go to, you'd go to Marshall Fields, you'd see the windows, you Carson Peary, you go to Parson Peary Scott, you'd see all the windows on on State Street, you know, you'd get some like roasted chestnuts and shit on the street, you'd have some cider or whatever, and then you'd go to the big ass Christmas tree inside Marshall Field, the giant, you yeah, know, Marshall Field Christmas tree, and then you would go and like get your frango mints. You know, and stuff like that. And that was like a, you know, uh, that was a tradition that millions of people would do uh, during the holidays. And I have been down um, during the holidays. But now I'm just down there because I take the train to Washington all the time whenever I go downtown to screenings. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. My, the stop is at block 37. So when I walk out, I'm in the heart of it. <laughs> right. Yeah, because of um, Chris Kindle Market. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's a daily so center. A bit of movement. Yeah. Chris Kindle um, Center. They, yeah. What, what was, wasn't there news for this year or something? Wasn't something announcement about that? This year? Um, oh, I believe that they're going to be doing like, wait, was that Chris Kindle Market? That they were going to do, like, you could pay to get in quicker or something? I think you're right. I think they did, like, an express thing. They wanted to make it easier. Because I guess there's, like, foot traffic like a son of a bitch down there during Christmas. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, honestly, the better times to go is, like, middle of the week. Right. Because <laughs> on the weekend... And even then... Yeah. Even then, if you go during the week, you have to be careful not to go around... Uh, when everybody gets out of work, because then people all have the the great idea to then go 
right um right after work as if it's packed anyway as if walking (laughs) around the daily center on a thursday at 5 p.m isn't stupid enough you know what i mean (laughs) you know like uh yeah um but yeah no i get to see the loop all the time you know and a lot of people who work in the loop it's like you walk down there and like you're like i see this all the time what's the big fucking deal what's the big deal But you got people coming in from all the suburbs and everything. They don't get downtown. It's a big event to go downtown. And some of us take advantage, you know, like take that for granted. Like I'm going down. I got a screening tonight. I'll be, I'll be walking down state in Washington tonight. <laughs> it's like a regular thing for me. So, it'll just be blank though. It'll just be, yeah. Not really, no. any, uh, not really any Halloween decorations. They don't do, no, they don't do a lot of Halloween decorations. Uh, uh, the, I'll tell you, you know who does the great Halloween decorations is the Music Box Theater. Mm. Yeah, they, well, they were they're doing that um, the um, kind of like a festival. They, yeah, they do a monthly. It's it's called the uh, the Bride of Music Box of Horrors. Yeah, and every so. night, every night they have a horror movie. In fact, I was there last night. I saw the Vampire Lovers, which is the first lesbian vampire movie mm. from 1970, a Hammer movie with Peter Motherfucking Cushing. Um, nice. and Ingrid Pitt and, I, and I'll tell you something the thing that was amazing about that and I saw it I, I went last night cause of course but Ingrid Pitt is a is one of my British hotties from mm-hmm. back in the day and they show boobs in uh, Vampire Lovers oh wow that was a big thing when I was a kid because they never showed boobs in the Hammer movies there were a lot of cleavage mm-hmm. lots of lots of heaving bosoms in uh, <laughs> in, in those Hammer movies which is, which is one of the reasons why I love those movies so much when I was a kid but like in this one, there's like girls kissing and there's boobs. I was like, when I was a kid, I was like, God damn, <laughs> this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. So in addition to blood and fangs and vampires and Peter Cushing, there's tits in it. So it's like, yeah. All right. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> but you can understand where I'm coming from, Esmeralda. You know. Right. <laughs> but anyway, they showed it last night, 35 millimeter print, you know, and uh, and but man, I'm telling you, I was there when they were actually when they busted out the decorations. Mm-hmm. You know, and the cobwebs everywhere. You can't walk through. There's cobwebs all over the place. You know, and uh, yeah, and those things, those spiders things, are busy. The spiders spiders are busy during Halloween. <laughs> when they were decorating, when I was there during the day, when they were because they had a press screening, and I was there and uh, during the day, and they were busting out all the all the stuff from the you know from the uh, you know the the closet downstairs. You mm-hmm. know? And um, they actually have five boxes, I think, five to ten boxes that are strictly skulls. So they <laughs> oh wow, nice. <laughs> oh man. So did you guys decorate your house for Halloween? Uh no, no. no. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> no, none of that stuff. No, 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 no. no. But you did have candy on hand if for for the trick yes. or treaters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you would give them okay candy. You wouldn't give them like pennies and shit, right? No, we would. Um, we'd always get that like. We'd always we get a lot of candy. My mom was, she would be like, "Well, they're gonna come, so we gotta get, we gotta make yeah. sure there's candy." Yeah. Um, but we would have pretty good candy. Um, you know, no full size bars of anything because no, we're not crazy. rich. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, we would uh, we would usually have a mix of you know the fruit candies or whatever, like fruit flavored candies and chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a, ni- a nice mixture as opposed to like the people who mm-hmm. give you like a, a penny and a toothbrush. Like, fuck off. Yeah. You know, or like, like one Smarties. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> one Smarties. <laughs> one Smartie. Oh, man. How about the, did you ever, when you when you trick-or-treated as well, did you ever get like gifts, like gift certificates from like McDonald's or anything like that? Yeah. 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 Those are those are big in Halloween, right? 
Yeah, one time I got one, it was, uh, they were expired. I was like, really? Oh, wait, I think you told me this story. <laughs> Do you remember, say, did you go to the, did you go to the McDonald's and like, uh, and try no, to I think I it? checked. I was looking at it after the fact and I'm like, these are expired, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bummer. So they just, yeah. like, so you, you picture they they just had them sitting around the house and all oh, these are expired. Just give them to the goddamn Probably. Trailer. They're like, well, these are from last year. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> They won't use them anyway. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And you know who actually has a great story about that? The only, I guess it was like the the only time uh no, here's what it was. We were talking I was I was at Steve, I was on Steve Cochran's show uh this past Friday mm-hmm. and afterwards we were hanging out and talking and we were talking about winning prizes from radio stations. Did you ever win anything from a radio station, Esmeralda? Um I won no, not from a radio station. Um, I did win something from JBTV. <laughs> oh no! Come on, tell me about that. What happened? How did you? How did you? How did yeah, that work no, out? they just they were asking for. Um, it was the Go soundtrack. Um, they were doing wow. a whole like thing about that, and yeah, they sent me the Go soundtrack. Well, yeah, for people, explain what JBTV is for for people who might not know. Uh, so JBTV is Jerry Bryant Television. Um, honestly, if, I guess if you're older, you wouldn't know it, but I've, in my opinion, and you're, if you're not from Chicago, I guess, or from yeah. the surrounding suburbs, Yeah. but Jerry Bryant is a Chicago institution Yes. in my mind, but he's, he's all about music and he had a music show on one of the local stations. Right. And he would host it and play videos and have musical guests on yeah. and stuff like that. He was great. He's great. And, uh. And so you won. So was it a call in or how, how did that work out? No, a, a they were like just email about it email, and yeah. send it. And I was like, cool. <laughs> so you got the ghost soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. Uh, I, it's I, a great movie. I, I, I love that movie. I enjoy it. It's very peak, that. peak 90s. It certainly is, man. And it certainly fits into a certain, like a real specific time period. Like you watch that movie and it takes you right back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, if I remember correctly, what Sarah Polly fucking rules in that movie. Um, and Oliphant. Isn't Oliphant like a creepy fucking drug yeah. dealer? He's shirtless yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't Sarah Polly get hit? I haven't seen that movie in years. Doesn't she get hit by a car? Mm-hmm. That, oh, that movie rules. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but the, what's on the, I don't even remember. What, do you remember what's on the soundtrack? Is there, Was there anything really was it, um, so, you know, um, Steal My Sunshine was right. the, <laughs> kind of the big one. The, they had a No Doubt song on there. There's a lot of remixes of, um, songs because the, the whole movie, they are going to a rave. Right. So then there's a lot of like, remixes, songs. right. Techno yeah. remixes and stuff like that. God, Steal My Thunder. Holy shit. Who did that song? What do you remember the name of the sunshine. band? Sunshine, steal my sunshine. Sunshine, steal my sunshine. Right. Yeah. Who did that? Do you remember who did uh, that? Song? Len. Len, right? L E N, right? And that's their only hit they ever had, right? I think so. And I remember I the video. I think they were Canadian. I think. <laughs> so they might have had their own. You know, yeah, they're from Canada. They're, they might so have they had knew- their their fame in Canada. So they knew Saga. <laughs> they're good good friends with Saga. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But like, didn't it wasn't the video? Weren't they on the beach and like riding on mopeds and shit? Like, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was. It, it, yeah, I just remember like the, there was a girl and a guy. Well, yeah, they both rap on it. Uh, they both sing on it. Oh man, that song! Holy shit, boy, that brings back specific 
a specific <laughs> time. Man, oh man. So I wonder what ever happened to Len. <laughs> and it was all caps, right? Wasn't it like L- Len all caps? Or am I maybe um, making? I, it, maybe I think they just spelled it L-E-N. I thought it was like all caps or something. Like it may, maybe it meant something. I have no idea. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So steal my sunshine. Soundtrack from good. So did you get to? You ever meet mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jerry Bryan? You ever meet him? Um, I th- I've met him. Um, I think I'm. I haven't met him like directly, directly. It's always been like he's around and then it's like, oh, hi. Yeah. You know, just being in radio, you kind of right. run into people and events and things like that. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a, I, I, uh, yeah, I always, always been, uh, always a big fan. That's very, very cool. So the ghost soundtrack. But, but Cochran was telling me a story about how the only time he ever won anything from a radio station. Mm hmm. Uh, was he, he, and this was when he was living in upstate New York when he was a kid, when he was younger. And he had to like hitchhike to get the, to pick up the prize. <laughs> God. It was like a, like a, obviously just a teeny radio station in upstate New York. And he was, you know, he was young. And he called in and he won. And he had to go mm-hmm. pick up the prize. And he had to hitchhike there and back. And it was miles. Good and, Lord. Um, and he hitchhiked there. He skipped school to pick up the prize. And it was, and the reason I thought of this, it was, it was a gift certificate to McDonald's. That's what he wanted. Wow. Was it a lot? I don't even think so. I think it was like a, like a, maybe a $5 gift certificate. At that time, maybe that's a lot of money. Maybe a $2 I gift mean, certificate. I mean, you know, yeah, he could have eaten like a king. Yeah. So he hitchhiked, okay? He skipped school and he hitchhiked to, to, to the radio station to pick up his gift certificate, his like McDonald's uh, gift certificate. Mm-hmm. And then he went to McDonald's and bought whatever it was. I don't know. He got a burger or something for it. And then he got caught by the truant officer. So he got busted. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I guess it was worth it. I <laughs> guess, like, hitchhiking miles to pick up a <laughs> gift certificate. And that, is, and, and that was that – was, that, oh, Steve, you know, and this pretty much sums up his career. He's like, that's, that, that's how I started my love affair with radio. <laughs> <laughs> hitchhiking to get a, at least it wasn't expired you know like you're like you're right that would have oof you, you walk or you hitchhike out that whole way and then right. it's expired and you can't even get a shamrock shape uh, shake or you can't get no. one of these <gasps> McRib is back yes McRib is back next week by the way in case mm. you're making, in case you're you're counting making, down yeah in case you're making plans to stand in line and get your McRib yes yes of course <laughs> next week <laughs> oh man so um all right uh, so so uh gift certificates from mcdonald's that were expired that's not good mm-hmm. that's not a good that's, <laughs> not a good that's just not good at all so um all right uh hey you know what my dad is i believe my dad is coming up the door hold on a second hi i'm carrie russell and i love nick's show oh she just handed me a mcdonald's gift certificate oh oh is it expired it has expired, yes. I think. Oh. <laughs> hey, at least I didn't have to hitchhike to get it. That's, that's true. That's, that's true. Just, that's, I didn't have to hitchhike <laughs> to get it. All right, here's my. Are you ready for my dad's joke? Mm hmm. All right. Let's do this. Oh, it's the best part of the week, baby. It's time to hear something funny. Here we go with your music intro. Ah! It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. What I say? It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. It's a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad tells a joke. Oh, yes! 
Dad is here. He's ready to tell a joke. I think we're all ready. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Hey, Dad, uh, go. Mother said my kids love going to the web and keeping track of their passwords on Post-it notes. I noticed that Disney password was Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, and Pluto. I asked him why the kids so long. The kids said they have to have at least four characters. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That was jokey, jokey, jokey time. It was a jokey, jokey, jokey time. Nick's dad told a joke. How about that, my dad? That's as close to a tech. That's close to a tech joke as my dad's ever gonna tell. Yeah, that's great though. That was good. That's a good joke. That's a good joke. All right. Oh man. Do you have like a? Speaking of passwords, do you have like one of those apps where you keep all your passwords? Uh, well, Google just does it for you, really. Automatic, yeah. I've got that's how I've yeah. got two. I, I don't. I couldn't tell you. Do you? Do you, are you? Are you good about your passwords? About like knowing what they no. are? No, I'm terrible. I mean, I know them, but they're it's like all the same one, and then I or, just change numbers because I don't care. <laughs> and it's I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm really lazy about it. I know it's like you should have a very complicated password with like this and this yeah. and that. And I'm like, I can't. I'm not gonna remember. I don't even remember what my regular fucking password is, and it's a regular word. You know what I mean? Like with. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm not going to know that. It was, that was funny. I was having a conversation with, uh, with Julie and a couple of other people, and um, somebody asked me for some reason, because uh, we, were, we were discussing, like, uh, you know, uh, you know like your, your nationality and your heritage and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody was like, you're Italian, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm Italian, half, half Italian, half Irish. And they were like, well, what's your mother's maiden name? And then I told them. And then I was like, oh, great. You're, you're doing that so you can get into my bank account, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was what the thing, your right? your mother's the... maiden name and your favorite pet from right. when you were growing up. Exactly. Those are the... What were some of the other questions? Because you had first pet, right, or favorite pet growing up. You had yeah. mother's maiden name. What kind of car, right? Wasn't it another right. one? Right. Like what a... kind of car? What kind of st- what street you lived on? Right. The first street you lived on. That's right. That's right. You, and you remember, like, uh, uh, for a while on social media, people were like, hey, what? You know, they would ask you those kind of questions, like, as like a fun survey. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then people were like, you know, maybe you shouldn't be answering this on social media because you're <laughs> like, these are, you know, password things. They're trying to get information. People are trying to get information from you. Yeah. They're always, um, I know that one of the tips is like, do fake answers. Because then they can't get, but then it's like you have to remember the fake it, answers. Exactly. So <laughs> it, it would get a little dicey, I think, for most people. Well, you and I are very similar in that regard. Like, I don't want to have to remember. I don't remember any of this shit. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to make up fake stuff that I don't remember because I can't remember the real stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But you did. But again, things like you know your mother's maiden name. You were, you know. Right. You remember that? You know your. It's automatic. Name. It's automatic. You know, the first car you had, all that stuff. So, all right. Anyway. But, yeah, I was having a casual conversation with somebody, and then I immediately was like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> you, you're going to try and get into my bank account, aren't you? And they're like, shut up, asshole. I just wanted to know what your, what your heritage, you know, where you come from. Where you, it's like, and I immediately go, oh, man, security. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, uh, so uh, so so cool. Hey, well, by the way, why don't we do this really quickly? Since we haven't done this in a long time, and there's one that's been waiting for a long time. Like, I have a magic megaphone. You want to do magic megaphone? Sure. Okay. 
I keep forgetting about this, but now I'm like, okay, fine. So again, by the way, if you have a magic megaphone message that you would like uh, to hear, I will speak into it or play something into it. Uh, and then what you have a story behind it. We want to hear from you. Email us nickdpodcast at gmail.com. By the way, any email, anytime with your comments or your questions or your contributions or your mega megaphone, uh, magic megaphone request, please do. Uh, and you can also voicemail us at 773-417-6948. So this is from Kelly mm-hmm. in Chicago. And uh, I don't know if you're going to be able to recognize it. You'll certainly know this one, Esmeralda. You will definitely know this one. But I don't know if you're going to be able to recognize it because it's, you know, it's recorded through the megaphone. And you know how it is sometimes, the, the quality. Right. But once, I think if you listen closely and you hear it a couple of times, and once we start talking about it, you'll know this one really, really well. Okay? Mm-hmm. And here we go. So do you know that? Yeah. Oh, you got it without even. So you know what it is then? Yeah, it's from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Exactly Jessica right. Jessica Rabbit talking about the dip. That's right. I'm glad because it was a little muffled. Sometimes you can't recognize it. But yeah, that's what it yeah. is. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. It's the, her face. Jessica's face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is how long ago this was recorded. Um it was recorded because I, I, I think I, we were talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit um, because uh, Julie uh, had never seen it. Mm. And so we watched it and she was like, oh, my God, this movie's amazing. I'm like, yeah, where you been, <laughs> where you been for, <laughs> for like 35 years? Um, and so when we were talking about it, Kelly said, my favorite moment in that movie uh, is, is this. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> so anyway, so that was Kelly. <laughs> And I know how much you love that movie. That's nice. one of your favorite movies. Yeah, of all time. It's great. How, how scary is Christopher Lloyd in that movie, though? Like he's in my mind unrecognizable. Yeah, I don't even imagine <laughs> him. I don't think he's Doc. I don't. Yeah, he is that judge. Yeah, and that's it. Like that is yeah. the character. That is the man. That's it. He that's is it. no one. He's not a. He's not an actor. He's not in anything. He is that character. Yeah. He's terrifying. So he does a really good job. I can't imagine being, because I was a, an adult when I saw that movie, and it fucking freaked me out. When he goes, did it sound like this? When he does that, and <laughs> the fucking eyes bug yeah. out, and they turn into daggers. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I was an adult, and it freaked me out. I can't imagine being a kid. Watch Now, were you a kid when you saw that movie? You were a kid, yeah. right? What, what, yeah. the, what, what was that like? You had to shit your pants, right? I mean... <laughs> um, I, I was into it, I guess. I oh, yeah. watching the movie. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Well, that's Kelly from Chicago. Oh, my God. It's Dip. That was her magic megaphone request. So if you've got one, send it in. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, all right. Esmeralda, thank you. You rule the planet, as always. Yeah. Thank you. My, my thanks to Dan Feinberg. Catching up with Dan, uh, talking about TV and all that cool stuff. That was fun. Hey, you want to be a sponsor and advertise on the podcast? You can do it. The Nick D Podcast. We're looking for sponsors. we got a lot of people who listen to this podcast. So you should give it a shot. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Say, I would like to be a sponsor. Again, voicemail us 24-7-773-417-6948. Email us nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Jason Skaggs for all the music and the sounds. Ed, my main man for everything else. It wouldn't exist without Ed. RadioMisfits.com. RadioMisfits.live for our 24-hour streaming service where you can hear this podcast and my SNL podcast as well. Uh, Share all that stuff. Rate and review us on every platform and all that cool stuff. And we will see you next time on the Nick D Podcast. Thanks. Wind is red on